everybody, and welcome back to the So We Speak podcast. This is Cole Fakes, and I'm here with Terry Fakes. And, you know, after our discussion on the last podcast about uh, teaching and preparing a lesson, we thought it'd be good to add a little supplemental podcast here on a couple of helpful resources. And I'll tell you, the, the reason I started thinking about this was when I was packing up to move to Carlton Landing. I was packing up all books and everything from our house, and I was forced to uh, make a decision on what resources to leave in you know, the box of things I was taking versus what is going to the storage unit that may not be seen for a very long time. It's like deciding which child you love best. It's, it I is mean, a moment of clarity and of tragedy. And so I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is really an interesting question. If you only had a little bit of space, or I think probably the more pressing thing is if you only have a very limited budget and you want to get a few resources that will really make an impact on your study of the Bible. And if you're teaching and preaching, you know, the way that you prepare, what are the things that I would pick? And so having been forced to pick that, I do have a few recommendations for what those things are for me and what I think would be really helpful um, if you're just looking for a couple of things that will really make a difference. And so the the first division I wanted to make and kind of ask you about is the division between physical versus digital uh, resources that you use. Is most of your prep done in paper, physical books, or do you do most of yours digitally? Yeah, that's a good question. I used to do almost all of it in books. And um, I'm fortunate enough now to have logo software. And so I have certain commentaries on there, I have various resources on there. And so I, I get to do some prep there, because it's like having five books open on your desk. And I realized I couldn't afford this uh, years ago when I first started teaching, and you don't have to have it. Uh, so now I do a lot of it on logos, but I also do a lot of reading paper books as well mm-hmm. uh, in that. And I used to do it exclusively on paper. Right. And so uh, I think if if you travel, I traveled a lot. I was, you know, with AT&T and I'm on airplanes a lot. And in those days, it would have been great if I had had Kindle commentary mm-hmm. on Kindle or if I'd had logos or something like that, but I didn't. So I carried one in my briefcase. I had a Bible and I had one commentary. Right. So, so I do some of mine now electronically, but I still have a lot of books around here and like to crack a book. My recollection, my recall is better from a book than it is online. Yes. Mine, mine, mine is too, but my highlights are more accessible online than they that are. That is true. Kindle uh, has a great highlight system. Yes. So I wanted to recommend a couple of resources from both. And and so obviously Logos is a great resource. It can be expensive to get, it's, it's not as expensive to get into it. It's expensive to get a real good working library. And if you're in it for the long haul, if you spend a little bit of money um, over the course of 10 years, you can yes. build a phenomenal library. But upfront, it really is prohibitive. Um, but the software is really good if you're in for original languages, or if you're somebody that's doing a ton of word studies or um, accessing a lot of different stuff. And some people, if you go to seminary, they'll give you uh, a starter on it. And and that's great. Build that up. But for most people, that's probably not the best digital resource. I I think the best digital resource is what Crossway has done with ESV.org. 
So if you go over to ESV.org, you can create an account and you can get free access to the ESV on there. But what you can do is they have these little subscription plans and you can select different resources that come with these. And they have a great digital console open where you have the text over on the left side and then whatever resources you have in your subscription over that you can open on the right side. And I want to say it's been a, it's been a long time since I uh, first got into this. So I could be wrong on the numbers here, but I want to say it's only a few dollars per month, maybe four or $5 per month to get their top package. And what that does is it gives you ESV study Bible. It gives you gospel transformation study Bible. It gives you the preaching the word commentary series. It'll give you Leland Riken's literary study Bible. I mean, you get a lot of good resources. That sounds very a relatively small, less than you're going to pay for Netflix. Uh, you're going to get a lot of great resources and you can put that on iPad desktop. You just create one login. You can do it on your phone. So as a digital resource, I think that's a really good way to go. It's a lot of great resources and a really usable um, model. Of course, for you and I both, our first love is physical books. And I want to recommend a couple of these. Um, You know, it's always good to get a good commentary, but the question is always which commentary, if you're going to teach a series through a book, which commentary series. So I'm going to give a pick and I want you to give one too. If you're, if you're just going to go rule of thumb, here's a good series. My pick is the, is the Tyndall series. So it's the Tyndall old Testament commentaries or the Tyndall new Testament commentaries. I think those are just great. You really can't go wrong. Some are better than others, but they're written somewhere between a lay but interested level and I would say maybe a couple of years into seminary level. So you're getting really good scholarship at a really teachable level. You can't go wrong with one of those. And they're usually about 12 bucks, which for right. commentaries is a steal. Yeah, and they're paperback. They're not that thick. Uh, they're relatively small to carry. I mean, easily pop if you're teaching Colossians, for example. It's a it's a small paperback, not that thin. I would say maybe third of an inch thick, half an inch thick. I mean, yeah. slip it in your briefcase, whatever, carry it with you with your notebook and your Bible. Those are great, Cole. I, I think they're very convenient. They're very affordable. You can buy them one at a time. And the whole set as a Christmas present is not that expensive. Right. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's a great idea. But you're starting way above where I started. I, you know, back when I was a kid, you know, we couldn't afford multi-volume commentary sets. So in all seriousness, I think you're right. I think that's a great one. I usually recommend to beginning teachers, and I would recommend that, is if, if you just have a little bit of money to spend, get a good one-volume commentary. And I like the new Bible commentary which is middle of the road scholarship. It's not way out there liberal. It's not way, way out there off on some tangent. Um, and so I, I really like that. The names that you'll see that contributed to that are solid evangelical scholars. It's about $30. It's one big volume, but it covers the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go into excruciating detail, but as I mentioned in our last podcast, it kind of gives you the main idea Mm-hmm. and fleshes it out a little. So I found that to be helpful. The second resource, that's my go-to one-volume commentary. The second is the Bible knowledge commentary. There's an Old Testament volume and a New Testament. It does have a point of view in certain passages. It's very conservative scholarship, but the details in that 
and the scholarship in it is really good. Mm-hmm. So those are a couple of beginning resources if you just want a one volume. But I love right. that paperback set of the Tyndall commentary. Yeah, I, and, and the New Bible commentary especially is a great resource. If you're looking broad, I think the Crossway option is great. The one volume is great. A good study Bible obviously is great. Now, I want to I, I zoom in a little bit. One of the resources that I've found to be very helpful, I've probably used this in everything I've taught in the last year since I got this book, but it's a little bit more technical resource. It's called the New Testament Use of the Old Testament. I think it's actually called a Commentary of the New Testament's Use of the Old Testament, and it's edited by G.K. Beale and D.A. Carson. And every chapter is a New Testament book. And as you go through those those books, it will stop and explain each reference that that or allusion that that book is making to the Old Testament. So, for example, if you're looking at Matthew and you get into the first chapter of Matthew, Matthew's quoting from the Old Testament. Right. And what this commentary will do is it's not going to explain all of Matthew, but it's going to talk about how Matthew is using these passages from the Old Testament and what point he's making in the New Testament. And so I think this is a great resource. Again, it is like a 1,200-page book. I mean, it's a a doorstop. A reference resource. But it is one that will really connect the Bible for you. It will connect what you're reading in the New Testament with the background of the Old Testament. Great scholarship, really good resource. Again, it's a little bit more scholarly, uh, but very readable. And something, if you're teaching, it's one that I would highly recommend. It's a little bit off the beaten path. Well, you know, and you raise a good point here, because if when I first started as a teacher, I, again, I had my Bible, had the new Bible commentary, had a pad, or had my little notebook. And that's enough. Yeah. You know? And you can get started. And then maybe you get a commentary set, the Tyndale set. And then you realize, you know, a year later, it's like, I'm going to keep building my library. And I find myself wanting to know more about the Old Testament. So you buy this book. I think, think about your teaching career, whether it's with small groups or classes or whatever, or just your study Uh, and the online resources. Think about it. Play the long game. Build a library, whether it's electronic or, or hard copy or both. Along those lines, something that's a little bit of a niche resource, but I use a lot, is uh, the ESV Bible Atlas. And it's more You're than you shocked to hear this. But, it's, but hear me out. It's more than maps. And it's a big book because it does have some great maps in it. It has great uh, topological maps, so you can kind of understand the geography. And I just think that's enriching. Whether you use it in your teaching or not, it's enriching. But here's the best part. It actually goes through the history of the Bible times and the articles in there. It literally moves through the history, Abraham, and what did the world look like? And those articles provide really good historical setting for what's going on. When you get into kings and you're like, what in the world is going on with all these kings? And who is, you know, Sennacherib and the Assyrians and where they are? They'll have maybe four or five page article right there with the maps that just gives you a very nice narrative of what's going on, kind of a Mm -hmm. summary. In, In all sincerity, as much as I love the maps, the history part of this is very good and not overwhelming. So it's, a again, about a $30, $35 resource. But uh, the ESV Bible Atlas, no shock, is one of my picks. 
Okay. Well, that, that's not going to come as a surprise to too many people, but I do think that is a good resource. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those that adds a, a third dimension sometimes to the study that you're doing, putting you back in the real geographic area that determines a lot of what goes on, especially in those Old Testament contexts. Mm-hmm. Well, as a final note, I'll give my nerdiest pick for, uh, we, we have a lot of people who listen to the, the podcast that are in seminary. Um, or that have seminary training. So I want to give one resource here for people that are dealing with the original languages. And uh, this is one that I think you probably told me about originally, uh, but I use it almost all the time. And they are really hard to find, but it's called a hand concordance. And it's only, yeah, okay. I figured we'd have the same one on this. But what it does is it takes the Greek word that you're using and it will group it by meaning because you know different greek words can mean a couple of different things sometimes depending on their context and it will group the words by that specific meaning and so once you open it up to a specific word you'll see the other passages that have like uses or like meaning this is a great resource now the only downside is there is no english in this resource. So you've got to have your Greek New Testament with you, or you've got to have your English Bible with you because the words are in Greek, the definitions are in Latin, the references are in Latin, and the intro is in German. So somebody that produced an English one of these would do really well, but it it is a really helpful resource for original word studies. Yeah. On the nerdy side, I'm all into that. That is so useful. And as and then I want to go down one level in a minute. But before we leave that, probably all of you uh, Greek students are aware of BDAG. And I would urge you get a copy of BDAG, whether you get it online or and it's ridiculously expensive. They're probably around $100 for this thing, but get them used. Here's what I've found is the more that you see Logos and other electronic platforms putting it, you can find an affordable version. After that, I would recommend Low and NIDA, L-O-U-W and NIDA. And if you get those two together, because they have different lexical approaches, if you get BDAG and Low and NIDA, you will completely understand the lexical range of any word in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Okay, now for people that don't read Greek, I'm looking at uh, holding in my hand a great resource that will get you into the original languages and understanding it a little better for your teaching without needing to be a Greek or Hebrew scholar. It is by Mounts, Bill Mounts, M-O-U-N-C-E, and it's called Mounts' Complete Expository Dictionary of Old and New Testament Words. Mm. Complete Expository Dictionary of Old and New Testament Words. I think he redid an old, old resource called Vines, mm-hmm. but Mounts' Expository Dictionary, and let me tell you what it does. It basically is going to buy English word like love. If you look up love in here, it will tell you the different Greek words for love. And it will uh, kind of give you a short, uh, just a couple paragraphs on what is the distinction. And it will give you the Hebrew words. You don't have to read Hebrew or Greek to understand this, but you can kind of see. It also gives you the Strong's number. So that if you're familiar with Strong's concordance reference in any given text, you can find out which one of these words is. it. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't speak the language, but you want to know, well, when, you know, it says, Jesus said, uh, Peter, do you love me? 
wonder which Greek word he was using there and what is if there is a significance. This is a great uh, resource for people that don't speak those languages to understand them a little bit better. Right. Well, I hope these are helpful. The, again, every teacher, just in the in the same way that the prep process is unique, is going to gravitate towards certain resources. But I think these are time-tested, broad, helpful resources. And I hope that they lead to deeper study of the scripture, because this is not always just for teaching. This could be for your own time of studying God's word. I hope they lead to deeper teaching and an ability to teach that word to other people. Thanks for listening to the So We Speak podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a comment, leave a review, email us, tell us what you like about it, tell us what you'd improve about it. Thanks to all you guys who are listening, and we'll see you next week on the So We Speak podcast.